Welcome back to Preps Today with John Millay. We're going to get to the usual and sometimes unusual array of sports and activities across the state of Minnesota. We're also going to recognize that all these people you watch on the grandest stages at the Super Bowl, they were all prep athletes at some point. So we might delve into the Super Bowl as well. Uh, We are coming to you from the Aquarius Home Services Studio. Thanks to Pizza Barn in Princeton and Propane, propane propane.com. Minnesota Propane, of course, is the version we would highly recommend. Thanks to our producer, Brandon Morton. Thank you for listening to talknorth.com. Best way to listen, subscribe to your favorite podcast app. It's free. It's the easiest way to listen. All right, John, let's get your thoughts on the Super Bowl. Well, first thing is I thought you wrote a really good post-Super Bowl column, Jim, about Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes, how great he is, how great he could be. Of course, as you wrote, the bar is set pretty high with Tom Brady in the mix, but he's Mahomes is only 27, right? Yep. See, that's 27. That's, he's already been in three Super Bowls. He's yeah. already won two. That's astounding. I don't know what Brady's what Brady had done by twenty seven, but yeah, and to and to have that ankle tweaked again and come out, man, I don't know what kind of magic juice they poured into that thing, but yeah, it, it was awesome. And and you know the big holding call on the Eagles late in the game, I hey, you know, hey, there's calls and some of them you don't like, and I'm sure the Eagles fans are looking they're, they're looking for that official's uh, home address. But I, I tweeted out after the game, I said I'm not an NFL official. I'm not, you know, I'm not qualified to decide if that's holding, but I do know if that's a penalty in the first minute of the game, that's a penalty in the last minute of the game. And Greg Olson, the, the, the color guy on the broadcast, basically made the point, which we hear a lot, you don't make that call at the end of the game. Let the players decide, well, if it's a penalty, it's a penalty, no matter when it is. That kind of got me going a little bit. but And then the, the afterwards, Travis Kelsey complaining that no, the whole, no respect, nobody gave us a chance to win that, which is, which is not factual, not factual but at all. He's my second favorite Kelsey in the Super Bowl. My, my, <laughs> my, my number one favorite is his brother, Jason, and it has nothing to do with football. Jason Kelsey, there were some tweets about this this week. He's apparently a pretty accomplished, accomplished saxophone player. Mm-hmm. And I saw some quotes from him on how being a musician trying to, you know, master an instrument is great preparation for sports because you have to keep at it. You can't, you don't skip your practice time. You, you work hard and, and you see improvement a little bit at a time and pretty cool. So I rank them. Jason is my favorite. Kelsey Travis is next. Well, Travis is a great personality. I just wish, oh, wish yeah. he hadn't played that card at the end of the game because yeah. he just won the Super Bowl. He could have celebrated another way. <laughs> He's, he is a great personality and he's a great yeah. player. It's just, it's oh, just such a weak yeah. card to play yeah. there. Yeah. And hey, uh, I, I will say this: I I knew I covered Pat Patrick Mahomes' father as a twin, and he yeah. was a product. He grew up in a small town in East Texas, and he just played sports, and it gave him an opportunity to be a professional. He made pretty good money during his career, and then he yeah. moves back to Texas and raises his son. His son becomes a great oh, uh, high school yeah. quarterback and elevate, and ends up going to Texas Tech, which is not where most NFL quarterbacks come from. Yeah. But you know there are. It's a very small percentage of people are able to use high school sports as a an elevator to fame and riches, but it's just an example that you can use high school sports to get places. Right. And and Patrick Mahomes was an outstanding baseball player, too. Yes. You know, he could have probably been a professional baseball player. Yeah, I think he made the right choice. But, yeah, yes. when I talk to high school kids, I always say, you know, hey, the things you're doing in practice, the things you focus on, you know, professional athletes do the same things. It's a different level. But it's not that different, you know. Uh, 
practicing in a sport is practicing in a sport. And clearly that's the top of the top of the food chain, but yeah, there's a lot of similarities and it's, it's cool to see, to see these, these kids. Well, he's 27, he's a kid, but to, uh, you know, have the background he's got, clearly his dad was a professional athlete and that's an advantage, but yeah, it was really fun. I thought it was a great game. It was, this was a weird NFL season, but we made it through and uh, now we can focus on the warmer sports. Yes, and let's do that. Well, and let's for today, let's get to section Saturday. Yeah, I had a big time Saturday. Uh, beautiful day. The weather here, as we know, has been phenomenal. Um, I went to two very different section tournaments on Saturday. Started out at Bloomington Kennedy, which is a spectacular school. Great facilities, great people. They hosted three section dance tournaments on Saturday. Three different sections um, from morning through evening. That's not an easy task. Talk about logistics because you're, you got the dance teams, you got, oh, I don't know how many fans, you know, you could fill that gym several times over with the fans that came through and they just did a great job. I hung out there for a while. Then I got in the car, drove 28 miles to Hastings high school, another unbelievably cool facility. They hosted a girls wrestling section tournament, actually four of them at the same time, four sections. The other four sections did the same thing Saturday up at Sartell. And this was really something, you know, I, I, I've been at probably a hundred wrestling tournaments over the years. This is my first one that was just for girls. So it's one of those deals. You don't really know going in what, what it's going to be like. And I hadn't been there too long. And I realized it didn't matter whether these were females or males wrestling. These were athletes and the gender almost became an afterthought because these were wrestlers. I mean, these are real wrestlers. This was real wrestling. Uh, you know, the officials, I recognized almost all of them because I've seen them work so much. So it was a really cool Saturday, Jim. Both events had great big crowds. And, and I just went home Saturday night with the thought that Minnesota is a pretty cool place for opportunities for female student athletes. That, that Saturday was a great example of that. And I think we all, anybody who's reasonable, understood that once any controversy attached to, to women wrestling was surpassed uh you know once we got past that that it would just yeah. be a sport it would just be a yeah. sport and and nobody yep. think twice about it just athletes out there competing yeah and we had i don't know that there was any controversy about it for some people oh no not girls wrestling girls you know but and the thing is cool though all these wrestling coaches that i know they don't care if it's males or females they yeah. want to coach their sport they're thrilled and the girls wrestling numbers wise has just exploded and i'm, I'm working on a story i think i can put this together before the state wrestling tournament, which is a few weeks away. I noticed female wrestling coaches. I don't know if they're volunteers, but yeah, I think I noticed three at Hastings. There's probably more. Um, And I'm going to get some information. I I shot some photos and that to me is another, I I hadn't even thought of that in my, in my minimal brain. um, I hadn't even thought of that. Hey, girls are wrestling. I bet we're going to have female coaches. And and all of a sudden I see, I see women sitting in those chairs at the corner of the mat coaching and, and it was really cool. So uh, let me just go back then. Uh, I'm going to recap. Uh, we're headed into this big, the big winter state tournament run here. Last week we talked about one-act play at O'Shaughnessy Auditorium in St. Paul. That was held Thursday and Friday. I was there for part of it. It's always impressive. It's always impressive. And this isn't, this isn't who's first, second, third down the list. There's a panel of judges. There's two classes. They select the top plays, which, which they – 
which they believe are worthy of what they call starred performances. So congratulations to the Class A one-act plays from Belle Plaine, Central Minnesota Christian, New Life Academy, and ESCO. And in 2A, the starred performances were by Rochester Mayo, Minnetonka, and Alexandria. Now this week, we, we, get, we get geared up a little bit. We got skiing up at uh, Giants Ridge, Alpine and Nordic, Tuesday through Thursday. The state dance championships at Target Center on Friday and Saturday. I'll be at dance on Saturday. On Friday, I'm really excited. I'm, I'm heading up to the Iron Range for a girls-boys basketball doubleheader double at Rock Ridge High School. Now, those of us who, who know and love Mel Brooks and Blazing Saddles, Rock Ridge, as us old-timers know, that was the name of the town in Blazing Saddles. That's the name of a new high school up north. The school, I don't think, is officially going to open till next fall, but the kids will come from Virginia and Eveleth Gilbert, and it's a brand new facility. It's not just a high school. There's uh, elementary, middle schools. It's going to be cool. So this is kind of, on Friday night, they're kind of having their lid lifter in the new facilities to be the first games in the new gym. So I'm going to go up Friday for that, hopefully get a tour of the place and uh, and uh, do a lot of social media from there and write something. So yeah, it's a, a cool stuff always happening, Jim, as we know. No doubt. And let's just, you know, in this day and age, let's just make sure nobody punches a horse in Rockridge. Don't do that. No, out on Main Street. By the way, you can find John's writings at John's Journal at mshsl.org. Obviously, we uh, just talked through all of his travels and all the cool stories he finds at this podcast. We're very lucky to have John on the network. And now let's get to Spud Speech. Spud Speech. This is uh, this is really neat. We got some cool news from the National Federation of State High School Associations. They announced that longtime Moorhead High School teacher, theater director, and speech coach Rebecca Meyer Larson will be honored with an award. It's called the NFHS Citation. This will happen in June in Seattle during the NFHS convention. And other than being inducted into the National High School Hall of Fame, this is really the the, the highest honor in the world of high school activities. And I talked with Rebecca last week. I've known her for a while. She's a phenomenal person. There's a story on John's journal at MSHSL.org. Easy for me to say, mshsl.org, about Rebecca and this award. And I realized six years ago, I went back and found a, a story I had posted in 2017 at one of the at the state speech meet that year. I kind of shadowed Rebecca and her team and then wrote about it, uh, talked to kids, got some great comments about what, what speech is all about. Uh, she's a she's a unbelievably great person, great coach, great teacher. And she's only the 15th Minnesotan to receive this award and very well-earned. Congrats to Rebecca Meyer Larson again from Moorhead. Excellent. Uh, We're going to thank a ref. We're going to congratulate some coaches. We're going to talk about John's most valuable teammate of the week. And we're going to talk about our friend Pete Steinert. At the moment though, tell us about Jody Stay and Pizza Barn. Yeah, you look outside, you see that sunshine, the snow is melting, knock on wood. Uh, you know there's a pizza barn food truck coming to a spot near you. This week alone, they'll be uh, serving that outstanding pizza at Sunken Ship Brewery in Princeton. <clears throat> They're heading down to Owatonna to Mineral Springs Brewery, and they'll be at ERX Motor Park in Elk River. It's never too early to book one of those food trucks for your event. We all know graduation parties and other good times will be here before we know it. Uh, it's And now it's even easier to, to get information if you go to pizzabarnprinceton.com down in the right corner. Just click on that food truck link and that'll get you started. 
It's a family-owned business for 40 years, a fixture in downtown Princeton. The Pizza Barn's a busy place. Always a lot of a lot happening there, always a lot of smiles. You'll find a complete menu with everything you'd want for lunch, dinner, in-person, take-and-bake, delivery, catering. Their buffet, Monday through Friday, their lunch buffet is phenomenal. So thanks to our great friend Jody Stay and her crew at the Pizza Barn for sponsoring our podcast. Thanks also to Minnesota Propane. Uh, a lot of people agree we need to lower our carbon footprint. They also agree we need reliable and affordable energy every minute of every day. A diverse energy mix will provide reliability and affordability, which is extremely important during Minnesota's four distinct seasons. Fortunately, a clean energy solution for tomorrow is available today that's ready to work alongside other energy sources. It's propane. Propane produces 43% fewer emissions than the equivalent amount of electricity generated from the U.S. grid. Propane is energy stored on site and independent from the vulnerabilities of the utility grid and propane's benefits don't end there. Major advances are being made today for renewable propane. Renewable propane is compatible with traditional propane and requires no additional infrastructure investments. Minnesota needs to use all of our low carbon alternatives, including propane, to safely provide energy, reliability, resiliency, and affordability. Propane, the right energy right now. Find out more about what propane can do for you at propane.com. Now let us thank a ref. Yeah, Jim, uh, there was a tweet that got a lot of traffic uh, over the weekend. It was from an official um, who did a really good job explaining what life can be like for officials. I'm not going to mention this official's name, but I did retweet his message. You can find it if you you look for uh, me on Twitter at MSHSL John. Quote, to all the bleacher refs tonight. (coughs) Excuse me. He clearly wrote this after a game. He wrote, I've had 25 games since January 1st. I barely see my kids on game days. Had a cold all week while doing four games. Missed my daughter's dance performance tonight. Don't need sympathy, just understanding. And then later on, he added to it, I want to be clear, the positives far outweigh the negatives. Players are great. Vast majority of coaches are great. Table workers do awesome. And fellow officials make it a lot of fun. So what I took from that was a little frustration with how people are treating refs, specifically this this crew, wherever this game was, I don't even know. Um, but it's good to get that get that message out. Uh, it's best to get it out from officials. And speaking of officials, I'm working on a, a pretty cool story about three hockey officials who they're siblings. They worked one game together this year. They don't live necessarily in the same uh, vicinity, but they were able to work out a game where they work together. They're all pretty young, two brothers and a sister who are also educators and they love officiating hockey. So that story should be, should be coming to John's journal here shortly. Excellent. Look forward to that. Now let's uh, congratulate some coaches. Yeah. A couple of coaches reach milestones. Uh, Stuartville wrestling coach, Heath Bakken got his 100th coaching victory last week. And that's the same number for Crystal Flint, the Creighton Durham Hall girls basketball coach, 100 victories. Congrats to those coaches. Now it's time for our most valuable, or I should say your most valuable teammate. <laughs> yeah, this is the weekly award the high school league uh, hands out. Uh, this week's most valuable teammate is Sydney Ellis of Chatfield. She's a senior member of the dance team who shows tremendous leadership. She always helps others, shows teammates how to properly ex- execute moves, and is quick to problem solve. She spent extra time outside of practice helping choreograph new material. On top of that, she always has a positive a- attitude. Gives her team pep talks to keep them keep them motivated and uplifted. Congrats to Sydney Ellis of Chatfield for being a most valuable teammate. 
And now let's talk about our friend Pete Steiner. Pete Steiner, longtime copy editor and uh, at the Star Tribune. Yeah. Again, been there a long time. Uh, incredibly understated, incredibly popular with his coworkers. We had a staff meeting the other day where everybody got to talk about Pete. I, I got uh, – it's weird how – worlds collide too. Uh, I didn't, I knew Pete, of course I worked with him for a long time. I didn't ever get to know him really well. I don't spend any time in the office. I regret that. But I, I, you know, after the news became widespread that that he had died, Mark Perlman basis, bass player for the Jayhawks, the great Minnesota based uh, rock and roll band that's been out there for 30 years. Uh, I used to play basketball with Mark when I first moved to town Mark had been playing basketball with Pete Steiner. And he sends me a note <laughs> saying, hey, you know, man, we lost a great one. And Pete, what a gentleman. Oh, yeah, that, that was Pete. You know, I worked with him for a long time on the copy desk in the sports department at the Star Tribune. Very quiet guy. Really funny. Really understated. Really funny. Really sweet. But, yeah, he played basketball. He, he played like over 50 baseball. The dude was an athlete. And he fought cancer for more than a year. He finally died. Friday morning. He was only 55. This is just, this is heartbreaking, Jim, a guy like that. I, when I think of Pete, after I found out, you know, about his diagnosis last year, the first thing that popped into my head years ago, I was at a, at a basketball game at Minneapolis North. I think it was a Saturday afternoon. It might've been a series of of two or three games. I don't know. And I'm kind of sitting there in the stands by one of the doors coming into the gym. Just got my notebook on my lap, just kind of hanging out and and I, you know, kind of out of the corner of my eye, somebody's walking towards me. Well, it's Pete. He came over to watch some hoops before going to work, you know, putting out the Sunday paper. We had the best time. We didn't talk so much about what was going on in front of us. But, you know, I was working at the paper then. We talked about work and people and we laughed. And, and that to me, that's my favorite memory of Pete. I mean, just besides side by side with him, you know, shoulder to shoulder with that great crew on the sports desk and and getting that work done every night, yeah, just just terribly sad deal for Pete. He was a Michigan native, a fan of all things Michigan, and and but really, like you said, when, when a guy with the Jayhawks has played basketball with Pete, it's it's amazing. And and Brian Wicker, one of our friends who's on the desk on Facebook, he wrote a great a great little piece uh, after he learned Pete had died with some pictures and and just a sad sad thing. The boy, that's just. Uh, Pete was as good as they come, and that's a big loss for everybody. So condolences to Pete's family, everybody who worked with Pete, who played basketball with Pete, who played baseball with Pete. Uh, he was he was as good as they come. Yes, and uh, thank you for bringing him up. Yeah. Uh, so sad note to end on today, but uh, we, we absolutely had to honor Pete's memory. Uh, thank you all for listening. We really do appreciate it, and we'll talk to you next week.